Welcome to Classically Current, where we review new films every week and link them together with classic films of the past. With your host, Zach and Kyle. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to our show. Thank you all once again for joining us last week as we discuss our top films of 2020. We are so excited to talk about our new movie this week as it is The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which is a movie that came out on April 30th. It is exclusively streaming on Netflix right now. is an American computer animated sci-fi comedy that is produced by Sony Pictures Animations, which has really grown and improved over the past few years. It's come a long way since the Emoji movie. Uh, yeah, very much agreed. Um, I know we kind of always harp on it in animated movies about the animation. We always like the animation, but um, this one was um, especially interesting to me, which I'll get more into um, as we get into our review. It is directed by Mike Rianda and co-directed by Jeff Rowe, with the screenwriting credits going to Rianda, Rowe, as well as producers Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Kurt Albrecht. You may have heard of Phil Lord and Chris Miller as they are a powerhouse in the film industry right now. The dynamic duo started doing some animation work with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs at the very beginning, and they've kind of worked on several since then, which we'll get into. The voice cast for this movie is a pretty star-studded one overall. You have Danny McBride, you have Abby Jackson, you have Maya Rudolph, you even have Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett make an appearance, as well as a surprising John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Blake Griffin, and Conan O'Brien. And it follows a dysfunctional family that winds up having to save Earth from a robot uprising while on a road trip. That is pretty much it in a nutshell without spoiling too much. But moving on, Kyle, tell us a little bit about Mike Rianda and kind of give us his background. Yeah, Mike Rianda, this is uh, actually his directorial debut. Um, he is also an American cartoonist. He's a director a writer, and a voice actor um, known for his work on Gravity Falls as creative director and writer. Um, he did that for season one, and then he moved up to creative consultant for season two of that show. Um, so he's also, yeah, these, these are kind of the major things that he's done so far. So uh, pretty pretty young guy. He's only 36, um, kind of uh, up-and-comer. And, uh, yeah, even uh, with him, like you said, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, two powerhouses that are um, producers here as well, um, also done some uh, other films, like you said, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street, they directed uh, the Lego movies, a, a lot of things. So uh, they even had a stint on uh, Star Wars, yes. the 
Han Solo movie before they kind of exited the project, but yeah, yeah, all of that. But um, yeah, that's kind of the basics for the directors as well as uh, you know Phil Lord and Chris Miller as the producers. Um, and kind of touching on some of that, Zach, what uh, what's some of the movie background? The film was announced on May 22, 2018, with. Phil Lord and Chris Miller producing. This is their fourth collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation, following Clouded with a Chance of Meatballs, like we had said, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a terrific film and won an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film when it came out, Mike Rianda and Jeff Rowe, former writers of the Disney Channel animated series Gravity Falls, which is terrific, by the way. I did watch that last year it is only two seasons and it has a single arc throughout the whole show amazing comedy it's also kind of like a dysfunctional family that kind of go on adventures as well and it is currently on disney plus so that is a plug for that show as well if you like this movie you should definitely check out gravity falls but he was one of the screenwriters for that show both Rianda and Roe also served as directors for that show. And on February 20th, 2020, first images were revealed through Entertainment Weekly, and it was announced that the title was changed to Connected, but then changed back to Mitchell's vs. the Machines after Sony sold the distribution rights to Netflix on January 12, 2021. I remember hearing about this, and I was like really interested in it, about this movie and when it was going to come out. And they actually changed the name from Connected back to Mitchell's versus the Machines. I think that was the right choice. Mitchell's versus Machines is... Um, Makes a lot more sense. Well, and it, I think it just has more of a ring to it. Connected, I people wouldn't really know what that's about. It's kind of generic. This, uh, this is kind of more fitting to what the movie is about and is catchy as well. Yeah, and Rianda ended up saying that he didn't like the title either, and Netflix didn't like it, so they just ended up going back to the original title, which I uh, can't blame him there. Kind of moving on, Kyle, as we talked about the uh, some of the movie background, and we already d listed off some of the main cast members. How did this film fare in the box office? As we know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm just curious to see what you found out about how much money this film has made so far. Well, that's an interesting uh, thing that you brought that up, Zach, because um, since this was uh, acquired by Netflix um, on January 21, 2021, they, uh, they bought the worldwide distribution rights uh, and they paid $110 million for it. And Sony re would retain the distribution rights in China, however. So... It's on a budget of about 50 to 100 million, which is very uh, a broad range there. But uh, I guess we'll have more numbers as, you know, they figure all the little details out there. But um, yeah, it's it was actually a limited theatrical re release um, a week earlier on April 23. So it's it's uh, not. I don't know how it's doing so far, really. I guess it's hard to say. It's It's been bought for $110 million, but we don't know how all the box office stuff is going to work. Well, yeah, Kyle, I feel like a lot of studios are doing this now. They're selling their films to Netflix, whether they're unsure that they'll recoup the cost that it was to make the film itself. So 
you know, budget between 50 to 100 million. We don't really know the exact figure, but they sold it to, for about 110 million to Netflix. And Netflix just buys up these high end films and it seems to work out for their platform. And then they can be in charge of marketing it and not have to worry about spending, you know, Sony doesn't have to worry about spending millions more on marketing this product and getting people into the seats. But Sony still has the rights for the for China, so they may have a big showing in that country, and that would be huge for them. So that makes sense. It, it seems like it worked out for both parties there. But, you know, it would have been nice yeah. to be able to see it in a theater, and I don't think our theaters here were showing it in yeah, the KC there, area. There's but. definitely some cool animation throughout. Zach, do you remember seeing Coco? Like, that? how, how crazy that animation was to see in theaters? Oh, yes. I mean, I felt like, like, yeah, this, this movie could have been done a little more justice too, just to be in theaters, even whether it's animation or whatever. I thought that there was a lot of, uh, really, uh, eye catching things in there. A lot of cool animation throughout that, uh, would have really paid off, but, um, it, yeah, and... it didn't get the chance to, we'll see how it does at the box office, but, um, let's move on to, uh, what the critics think of it. Well, yeah, and I just wanted to touch on one more thing before we talk about the critics' consensus, which was very well, as we'll soon find out. But it's interesting how that Sony Pictures actually signed an agreement, a five-year agreement with Netflix. So they're going to be streaming a lot of their films on Netflix after they have aired, after they have been released in theaters, and after they have like a little run on video-on-demand services. They're going to be exclusive to Netflix afterwards. So it actually will start with the film's 2022 releases, and then it'll help, you know, that's for the next five years after that, Netflix will help, and, and they'll continue to partner with Sony Animation. This is all from the New York Times. This is fairly recently. So it's not just animated films. It's also an upcoming film like Morbius or Uncharted that's going to be coming out. Those films will eventually end up on Netflix. So Netflix will have a nice little agreement with Sony to help host their films for years to come. Yeah, it's kind of becoming a thing more like partnerships between uh, uh, streaming services and uh, some of these uh, bigger uh, production companies. So it seems yes. like it could be a thing of the future. We'll see. Yes, and more and more things are going to be brought to the public at home. So on your home screens, your big, you know, TVs are getting cheaper and cheaper now. It's cheaper to get a 75 inch tv or even a small projector of some kind and have viewing parties at home but there's just something about going to a theater that is going to be missed so i hope uh, hope people continue to try to seek out theaters and, and go back and watch films there as the years go on and i think they will eventually it's just going to take time but moving on to the critic consensus here the film actually holds a 97 percent a whopping 97 percent based on 118 reviews and the audience is pretty the audience score is very high as well at 91% for um over 250 audience ratings and uh, they do a critics consensus and it reads eye catching and energetic the mitchells versus the machines delivers a funny feel good story that the whole family can enjoy and on metacritic the film has a current rating of 81 out of 100 based on 27 critics and those are the high-end critics for this film as well so 81 is excellent and it indicates universal acclaim so it's a it's a very highly thought of 
movie in the critic community right now. Yeah. We're kind of moving on. We can just talk about the Did You Know segment. Yes. Zach, did you know that the film combines two different styles of animation? One is a more illustrative, hand-painted approach, while the other embraces the realism seen in most CG films today. Oh, yes, and it is beautiful how they blended the two. It's, it's more refreshing. It's more unique style of animation that I hadn't seen. I, I mean, I'm sure I've probably seen it before, but they, they did it so well in this film that it just felt really exciting and new. So kudos to them for their animation team to get this done. Also, a lot of kind of energy and just like you had like a lot of fast cuts and then you had like all, yeah, all this like, like, uh, I would just say it was something that was unique and uh, had I there was a lot of ideas behind all of it. So um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool to watch. Yes, and Kyle, did you know that since Katie Mitchell is a movie fan, her room, backpack, and clothes are littered with movie references for cinephiles. So if you're a cinephile, if you're a big movie fan, you will enjoy this movie as well. It's almost like a love letter to film enthusiasts or filmmakers. She is wearing the shining pattern socks, a Wes Anderson-inspired lawn wranglers pin on her backpack, as well as a Dr. Strangelove pin, as well as other references to other films that I noticed throughout this movie, which I would like to talk about. But Kyle, that is uh, what I have on that. Yes, Zach, did you know that Instagram star Doug the Pug, you can follow him at It's Doug the Pug, provided all of the grunts, sneezes, barks, licks, and other dog noises for Manchi. Or was it Monkey? And it's Manchi, I think. And Manchi. boy, uh, does he is he quite the scene stealer or what? This this yeah, dog has gotten more uh I guess they got more laughs out of this dog, I think, than anything. And it's uh, it's amazing what they've been able to do uh with this pug and keep it fresh and, and exciting. Yeah, a little special. Um, It's got definitely some funny, uh, humorous moments throughout. Did you know, Kyle, that the earliest members of the film's creative team went on a road trip to Las Vegas, where the climax of the movie was originally set, and found inspiration for Dino Land at Peggy Sue's 50s Diner and Dinosaur Park? That's interesting, because they said... In the movie, it's in Kansas. Yes. It was um, inspired through Las Vegas. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And they, I was like, Kansas doesn't have anything like that around here, do we? No. I mean, I think there's like a dinosaur type. Because I actually just had family members go to one recently. They had like this outdoor dinosaur thing. And I thought that's what they were talking about in this. But it's actually inspired by the Las Vegas where they have this park there. Yeah. Which is interesting. It seems like kids love dinosaurs. And so there's a little references to that in this. They did almost like an homage to that place in this film as well. Those are our Did You Knows for this film. And we'll just move right along into the review segment and talk about what we like. So to do that, we we are going to be doing some opening statements. We'll talk about the film and not get into too much of spoiler territory. So you don't have to worry about that.
So yeah, Zach, overall, I uh, really enjoyed this film. There are a lot of uh, creative uses of animation, which we kind of touched on prior, but I also added this to one of the things I really liked about it, um, how they were kind of able to blend all these different things together. They would even blend um, like that, that video of that, like um, a certain video that's like a real life video, and they kind of blend it into the animation, um, as well as, yes, the handwritten, kind of like on a, um, like on a note paper or something, how they kind of hand drew that into, added like CGI uh, or CG of the uh, animation itself. Uh, a lot of creative uses of it. Just has a lot of energy, I feel like, throughout. Uh, a lot of cool, fast cut sequences. Uh, it's definitely got some uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller uh, influence there. Um, and and uh, you can tell that it's their production. Another thing I really liked about it that I actually thought was really innovative um, was the closing credits, how they had the pictures of everybody that kind of worked on the set, whether they were the actor or producer or, uh, you know, whatever they were. Um, they showed like these old pictures of them, like when they were kids or with their families. I thought that that was a really neat idea that was for the movie. And it actually kind of made me wonder, I'm like, why don't, um, like, why don't more films do that? And I guess, I don't know if they want people to have their anonymity, but I thought that was a really cool and unique concept that you don't see too much in uh, closing credit scenes. Um, and then, yeah, the message overall, I agreed with uh, the message of, you know, kind of appreciating technology, but not allowing it to overtake uh human relationships and you know also being comfortable with you know your own your own quirks and uh you know accepting your family for uh all their oddities and and things like that that uh make them who they are and make them special yeah you had a lot of good points there i mean just to talking about the credit sequences, I felt like something like as most recently as Soul. Remember, we were watching Soul. We were like, it's an hour and 50-something minutes. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. Because normally animated films are generally around 90 minutes. And this falls under that category, too, where you have the movie about 90 minutes, and then you have the end credit sequences extending for like 15 minutes a lot yeah. of the time. It, it almost I, feels like they, they do spend a little bit more time uh, maybe showing their appreciation to everyone who's worked on uh, these sets, um, and maybe that's maybe that's kind of a, a tradition that's following here with anim animation studios. Um, with that being said, Zach, overall, uh, I like the message a lot. Um, one of the things about it, though, is I didn't think it was probably the most original concept um you know about... yes and that's what i was going to be t that's what i was going to talk about actually i'm sure. glad you brought that up because i mean it's a pretty basic story it's mostly deals with the father-daughter relationship but it's a family road trip comedy we've seen those before it's what they do with that storyline it's what they do with those plot points that make it special or grand and i feel like they made like you said, they gave it enough energy, they gave it enough style, enough laughs, enough humor throughout the whole movie, I felt like, consistently, to make this actually be put towards the top of, of that kind of movie, that, that type of movie. So, we, you know, we've seen the storyline where you have the father 
and the daughter maybe kind of being or father or son or, or whatever child that they want to do this one thing with their life but the parents don't understand it and in this instance it's more the father that doesn't always understand it and they have they're kind of at odds with one another and they kind of have to grow through that as the movie goes along and I felt like they were actually able to have a fairly emotional response at least for me uh, as the movie went on you know it it wasn't like it's one thing and at the end they all of a sudden come together it's like they had consistent points throughout consistent beats amongst all of the laughter and the chaos that was going around they had enough consistent beats throughout that helped remind you that this is a kind of a special story between the father and the daughter that are kind of getting closer as the movie goes on and i love the 2d style animation that they threw in there I love the mixture of the two, CGI and 2D, because there's a lot of unique things that you can do with 2D animation, and they were able to seamlessly blend the two. So kudos to them on that. Uh, this movie, I felt, was pretty consistently funny throughout. I really enjoy the characters. I really felt... Uh, if you've ever seen Gravity Falls, it gives you kind of a Gravity Falls vi vibe with some of the humor elements of the film. I just like the Gravity Falls humor, and they've implemented this into this film as well. And I really felt like the passion of the the filmmakers, the creators, all of their family stories were put onto the screen for everybody to enjoy. And so it's such animation, is such a collaborative a collaborative process. I just know that there was so much real humor and real life stories put into this film. And I even heard, I even listened to a on Collider, they did an interview with Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and Mike Rianda, and they were talking about this and how you know they wanted this to be something that they were able to bring their family tradition. Like the father in this movie looks exactly like the father of Mike Rianda, and so they had a lot of direct influence and inspiration from their real life families. And Kyle, you you hit the nail on the head with the animation and. You know how energetic the film was but I think what sets it apart is that father-daughter relationship and I felt like that actually worked well in this movie but I will say um, like you were saying we we're getting into maybe some of the negatives they didn't always have enough time to set it up and it may be more of a negative because they were so focused on having all this humor element all this chaos elements and sometimes that is the case with Phil Lord and Chris Miller I feel like they're so focused on the jokes but they don't always necessarily land the emotional component or the story component well but it doesn't always yeah. seem to matter to me in no i don't yeah i think i think they did enough there um to you know at least you know kind of bring you down to you know that reality at least of you know the family component but um yeah, I mean, there's been other movies that I've I've probably been like, yeah, that that's like it hits home, like it it was a big payoff. I didn't think there was necessarily a huge payoff or anything. I mean, there was a few moments where you're kind of like a little teary eyed, and it like it's more kind of of the flashbacks and like of uh, you know the daughter growing up um, and having those home movies. But uh, yeah, it's I would say that uh, overall they did enough there. Yes, and I think, you know, in listening to his interview, Mike Rianda, he just basically all they wanted to do was uh, get all of these funny, you know, inspirational things from their family and put it onto the screen, but they had to do it through a story. So he used 
this story as a very relatable one. Everybody knows a parent or knows somebody who may have wanted to do one thing and their parents didn't didn't approve necessarily, but they were really passionate about that uh, direction in their career or their school. And so, I mean, you've seen this so many times in animated films and you know, it, while it was touching, it didn't always feel completely earned, I guess you could say, if that's fair. But yeah. in, in my mind, you know, it was touching enough and every I was having such a good time with the film leading, through, you know, going on throughout consistently that it didn't seem like that was a hindrance or a big negative or anything for me. And uh, you know. yeah, well, one of the things about it, you know, kind of being a, a simplistic plot. Um, is it's at least it's easy to follow along with, and I think that's kind of always the big thing with animation studios. Uh, you know, maybe they're kind of venturing out a little bit more with, uh, you know, some of the plots. Uh, but this one, it's like they kind of, you know, okay, we're kind of gonna make this point hit home. You know, like home is where the heart is, and uh, you know, technology shouldn't get in the way of the family. But um, uh, you know, I think it it still made it, you know, relatable and it was, they made every kind of everything interesting in between, you know, if they, they threw in these uh, other ideas throughout and it's just kind of, it's kind of like they're taking a microscope and kind of going into that simple message there and kind of dissecting it a little bit more with some ideas. Yes. And there's also a lot of funny uh, technology jokes that I felt were very timely. Uh, a lot of jabs at Silicon Valley and the culture that is there. Right. Uh, and uh, you also have a lot of movie references, uh, even not just the visual ones that we were talking about in the Did You Know segment, but even lines from films that were fairly recent from like Avengers Endgame. There's even an Avengers reference uh, in the film as well from the first Avengers. Also, uh, something like Dawn of the Dead. There's even some Kill Bill Volume 1 uh, references. Or even, you could say, 2001 A Space Odyssey with these machines that are kind of right. have l an uprising. I mean, those are the ones that kind of stood out to me. Did you feel like there were other ones I'd um, seen? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of those are probably the main ones. There, there was The Shining, I think, like you said. Um, you know how they get put in these... Um, what are they, the octagons, like the humans or whatever? Oh, yeah. Or mm -hmm. um, is that what it was? It was the octagon? Yeah, it was, it was like, like the shape shapes. that it was. And like kind of how like the carpet would be. Um, yeah, I could see 2001. Um, yeah, I probably even Star Wars um, to some degree. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like these people love movies so much. They're just kind of it's spilling into the page it's spilling into the into the movie throughout and yeah if you're a movie lover it just it's just warms your heart to see it so i guess i give them a, a high praise for this film it's very well done i'll kind of get into my recommendation here as well as the score that i give it but kyle i'd say this one i would buy you know it's not out to buy really it's just to stream on netflix right now or you could go to a limited release to see it but if it came out on blu-ray this would be one that i would watch for years to come or on you know every once in a while put in yearly to just watch and see how it's aged as you know technology kind of increases and, and gets better over time but it'll be kind of fun to look back at this yeah, I would uh, I'd say buy as well, and it 
it would be interesting to uh, see kind of how it ages. Um, with that being said, there was one thing in there that Zach that I didn't think um, maybe it wouldn't age very well, or maybe it's just bad timing on the movie's part. Um, it's the song "Live Your Life" by Ti featuring Rihanna. Oh yeah, and uh, it just you know there's yes. like in March I think it was like this year there were some allegations against T.I. and his wife, Tiny, uh, where, like, more than 30 women, you know, accused them of, Ugh. you know, some forced drugging, kidnapping, rape, oh, things of that word. nature. So, uh, and they suspended the uh, show, their uh, t television show. So, um, yeah, wow. I was kind of like, really, like, that's uh, interesting timing. Like, I don't know if it was like too late in post-production that they couldn't go back and change that. But I was kind of like, oh, I feel like they could have maybe changed it up a little bit there. Wow. Yeah. And that's something I had never, hadn't really heard about. So they must have kept that under wraps with this film's release, at least enough to not make a big stir about Because that's a big song in the movie, not to give right. too much away. That's It's kind of a... I yeah. mean, you can't really change it. <laughs> right. And uh, it's, not it's accusing not anybody either. But, um, yeah, it just seems like maybe yeah, it's probably I not guess... the best timing uh, at the at the moment. You know? That's interesting. But, uh, yeah, just kind of give it an overall take, though. Kind of, I'd say I'd give this a 8.5 out of 10. I think it's really, really good. Solid. Uh, it's something that people should seek out and watch. I don't think, because uh, I know Ryan the Last Dragon, I gave a nine. I feel like they did the the story beats a little bit better than this one, and they had a lot of comedy in that one as well. But this one's pretty highly regarded for this year. It's one of the better things that I've seen. Yes, Zach, I'm actually going to give it the same exact score. I think it's one of the few times where we have the same exact score. 8.5 right. for me. Um, yeah, uh, just to... A really good film it's it's got funny moments uh uh i do like their comedic moments of like how they will like do the freeze frame um that's like kind of one joke that they would get in there like this like crazy freeze frame or there would be like um like kind of, kind of these flashbacks like you'll see the dad trying to uh figure out how to work uh facebook and he's like <laughs> it's like it's like a, a horror movie and then he's and it goes back forward to him, uh, you know, saying, oh, it was fine, you know, figuring it out. But, uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of like, funny, like, cuts like that that uh, are kind of laced with it throughout. Yeah. I feel like Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and, and Mike Rihanna, they just were just trying to fill this with as much humor as possible. And I think they succeeded. They didn't always get the balance right with the story necessarily, I didn't think, but... Very well done, solid, and I just couldn't get enough of this pug. And uh, the jokes with the dad are funny. I feel like all of the family members have their moment to shine in this film, and that's hard to do. It's not always just about the father and the daughter. It's about right. the whole family, and you get to see all of them shine in one way or another. Uh, and so it's it's not easy to do. These movies are not easy to make, and Sony has really hit their stride right now with their animated films. And they have a few others coming out this year uh, that I didn't get to talk about yet. But uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, he's got a new film coming out called Vivo. That'll be interesting. And there's also another Sony Animations film coming out this year. So we'll have to compare 
with those if we end up deciding to review those. But uh, I'd say bravo to Mitchells vs. Machines. If you guys want to see it, check it out on Netflix. The classic movie that I would link this to, and it's tough because I don't know that it's necessarily as good as this one, but something that it kind of reminded me of was the film Robots, which I believe came out in like 2004, 2005 maybe, from Blue Sky Animation Studios. May it rest in peace as that animation studio has is does no longer it no longer exists because of the disney buyout of fox they kind of dissolved the company but this was one of their highlights i thought robots features a uh kind of similar to katie he's a robot that wants to fix the world and his father says that he doesn't necessarily approve you know you may not have success with it but then he goes out on a limb and goes to the city to work hard and rise up the ranks and uh and I, I kind of just remind me of that. There's also some, I also think of a movie like The Incredibles. I also thought of a movie like Mulan, where she's like, you know, has to kind of go out of her way to. Yeah, the um, The Incredibles one definitely kind of made me, it definitely made me think of that, you know, just with the family aspect of it and how they have to kind of fight to save the world. Um, yeah. This family is kind of the antithesis, I felt like, of, the Incredibles, though. It's like they don't really have yes. any superpowers. They're kind of weird and, you know, like odd misfits. Like, whereas, uh, you know, the Incredibles, they're these superheroes that have these supernatural gifts. Um, yeah, so they're kind of the polar opposite, but they're doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, this was a this is kind of another movie that it it makes me think of for some reason. I think it's just kind of with the road trip and everything. It makes me think of like the old National Lampoon, like vacation movies. Oh yeah. Like just a little bit like that with like Chevy Chase and like um, all his family. Um, and just kind of how they're all a little bit quirky and just have these weird things along the way. But uh, yeah, it all kind of comes back to the family component. So that was my second one that I would uh, link it with. Yeah. And uh, I think this one will be uh, one that people will enjoy throughout the year and maybe revisit as time goes on. But yeah, I would recommend people check this one out. To wrap up the review, though, we actually have a listener take. Our first listener take that they sent in. I mean, we've had some audio clips sent in before, but a first listener take from listener Daniel he says that he saw the movie, and he says it's a solid 5 out of 10 movie. The movie had no depth. The action scenes were the only interesting things about the movie. I guess you could give them credit for a, at least focusing on the father-daughter relationship and taking that one part seriously and trying to develop that one part throughout the movie. The movie just seemed very segmented. Action scenes with the father-daughter drama action sequence, uh, father-daughter drama action sequence, father-daughter drama, I don't know, back and forth, back and forth. He gives it a 6 out of 10. So thank you, Dan listener Daniel, for sending in your take on the movie. We're going to have to t discuss this, Kyle. I, I mean, da Daniel we give sounds, it an 8.5. Uh, I know, Daniel sounds like a you six. a little hard on him. <laughs> 
I think Daniel needs to lighten up a little bit, <laughs> not take things so seriously. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like this movie, he was looking for more of like the drama the you know, more of the father daughter connection and more of like a, a really good narrative, yeah. uh, I guess plot. And I feel like what they were going for in this film was giving you as much humor and energy as, and uh, uniqueness, I guess as possible. And, secondary well, is maybe the will try to get people invested in their relationship which i felt like was successful but that maybe kinda, you have a point daniel maybe you do and i think some of that kind of comes back to like your expectations of the film before you even watch it um so when i found out that it was directed by or more produced i guess by phil lord and uh, christopher miller I knew who they are. I know who they are, and I know what their style is. I know what their type of humor is, um, and I know that that will usually take uh, priority over um, anything else. And that was kind of my expectation going into it, and I think that that's kind of what was met. So I think that maybe my expectations were met, and uh, yeah, if, if that was Daniel's uh, take on it, then yeah, it, it was just different expectations, I guess. Yes, and moving on, though, to our Just One More Thing segment, Kyle, we'll talk about what we're going to do next week. Oh, oh, one more thing before I forget. Actually, uh, there is one thing. Oh, listen, one more thing. It just, it'll just take a second. Thank you guys for voting on our poll. We're starting polls recently to get more listener involvement in what podcast episode we should do next. So... We're actually planning on doing one of the films that we put on our poll last week. It is the film Nobody. As there's not a lot of stuff that came out this past weekend, and this weekend there's not as much stuff that I don't think people are interested in. So we're going to revisit a movie that actually came back came out last month called Nobody. But moving on in this month, we have some others that we're looking forward to. We may review Spiral, Those That Wish Me Dead, which is a film that was written directed by Taylor Sheridan, as well as A Quiet Place 2. So we may do polls from time to time, but we won't do one for this next episode. But stay tuned for Nobody, which is a film that we will review and talk about next week. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. If you like this, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you will never miss a show. If you found value in our show, we'd love it if you gave us a review so we can continue to grow and reach more enthusiastic movie fans in the future. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, Classically Current Podcast, to receive updates on our show as well as vote on other films to review in the future. Thanks again for joining us. And as always, stay classy and stay current.